Hello everyone, this is Lisa Fields, the founder and president of the Jude 3 Project, and I just want to take this time to personally thank all of our monthly supporters. We could not do what we do without giving from people like you. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. And if you're not a monthly supporter and you would like to become one, you can go to jude3project.org and hit the donate tab and sign up. We are grateful for you and we hope you enjoy today's new episode. God bless. Hello, welcome to the Jew 3 Project podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Fields. I'm the founder of the Jew 3 Project. What's up everyone, Lisa Fields here, and I'm so excited about our new curriculum, Courageous Conversations. You heard about our popular conference, Courageous Conversations, where we invite the leading pastors, thought leaders, and scholars from conservative and progressive backgrounds for conversations. But we not only want to have those conversations on stage at the conference, but we want you to have them in your everyday life. So we developed a curriculum for you to do just that. Courageous Conversations curriculum, the tools you need for the conversations and culture. You can get that today on Amazon or on our website at ju3project.org. Well, thank you for watching another episode of the Jew 3 Project podcast. As always, I'm your host, Lisa Fields, the founder of the Jew 3 Project. And today I'm so excited uh, to be joined by Yana Connor. Welcome, Yana. What's good, friend? <laughs> Before we get into today's episode, just tell our audience a little bit about who you are. Yeah, so my name is Yana Janae Connor. Uh, I am originally from St. Louis, so I really enjoyed listening to Air Force Ones on the on the on the car ride here. <laughs> uh, I live in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, recent, well, I don't know if I can say it anymore. Like three years ago, graduated from uh, seminary at Southeastern uh, Baptist Theological Seminary, and I got an MDiv uh, in Christian ministry. Um, out of that, that's really how I met you. I took a writing class and started putting stuff on the internet and just trying to see what the world would do with it. And then I got a phone. No, I got a message on Instagram. Listen, everybody can get a job like through Instagram. <laughs> it's like all of my jobs have come through, through Instagram. But uh a friend of mine reached out to me and was like, hey, I had this project that came across my desk that I think you would be really good for. And um, my world kind of expanded in a moment, right, of uh, being exposed to uh, black scholarship, being exposed to books uh, written by theologians that I had never heard of, uh, who were of African descent. And all of that was like, just through this introduction to like help write this curriculum for the Jew three project. And I remember like we were on the phone and we were talking through the curriculum and you were like, yeah, this is what we want to do. And like, I was like, okay. Um, trying to put on a good front, like, yeah, I could totally do that. Um, and then afterwards was like on my knees, like, Lord, how am I going to do this? But we ended up uh, doing Through the Eyes of Color. Um, and, you know, what was really cool about that, Lisa, I'm going to brag on you a little bit, is that like nobody was supposed to ever know that I wrote that book. Like nobody was supposed to know. Like, and then 
you towards the end of the project was like, people need to know that you wrote this book. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, it was just crazy to me. One, the generosity, the belief, the encouragement that you have, that you have in me has just been in, in, incredible. And really all of my jobs have been <laughs> like out of that, you know, uh, even now I'm serving at a church in Hillsboro, North Carolina, uh, a vertical church. What's good y'all. And, uh, I got that job because they saw a video that we did for, uh, the Courageous Conversations, like, virtual event. And, yeah, like, the I was a Stevie Wonder Girl to them. And so uh, they were like, yo, I saw the Stevie Wonder Girl at the coffee shop. You know, the next thing I know, I get this email asking me to uh, preach and to lead um, a, a seminar or a, a growth track on uh, apologetics. And so... Yeah, my my whole world has kind of opened up. So I do that. I serve at this church part-time as discipleship director. And then in addition to that, I write on the side. And a lot of that writing has been with the Jude 3 Project. Um, But then the Lord has opened up doors in other spaces. She Reads Truth, um, Lifeway, all those kinds of things. It's been really, really cool. So yeah, I'm a freelance writer. That's not something I ever thought would be possible, but God's been good. Awesome. Well, I thank God for you and your abilities uh, to write and your gifting and teaching and preaching. We're here today to talk about our latest curriculum, Courageous Conversations. Whoop, whoop. Uh, <laughs> as she mentioned, she was our writer um, for uh, Through Eyes of Color curriculum. Um, I uh, It's a blessing to have people on our team that can write curriculum. Uh, because if I was in charge of writing curriculum, it probably would never get done. Ah, with, come on, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> with all the stuff I have going on. Uh, but I write a mean intro. Um, you do. You do write a mean intro. <laughs> That's all I had time to do. Um, but um, so I'm so thankful for you. And you, along with Sherelle Duxworth, yeah. um, wrote uh, this curriculum uh, together, which I'm so thankful for Sherelle as well. She's a PhD student um, at Southeastern in what is her what's systematic theology? I'm not really sure. You yeah. know, we should know that. But <laughs> last I saw her last week and she was talking about taking a patristics uh, class. And I was like, ah, yeah. I remember, you know, patristics. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but she's almost done. Uh, she's a phenomenal writer as well. Um, and I love the fact that we get to highlight and promote the work of black women and give them opportunities, um, to write, um, to get their work out there because there are not many places that give us opportunities in this space. Yeah. Yeah, They're just not, they're not looking for us or, they, if we don't have a, a certain pedigree, right? Like if we don't have a, a doctorate, then then we're not really even considered. And so, you know, I have an MDiv, and Sherelle is in the process of getting her PhD. And so, you know, we wouldn't even be considered to write like apologetic, you know, curriculum or even, you know, to be a part of a commentary series or things like that. And the truth is, is like, 
it's not that I'm opposed to higher education, but it's like, for me right now, it's like, what's better being in a classroom or like being in a Bible study, you know, being able to disciple Mm -hmm. people, uh, being able to go to a local, local coffee shop and build relationships with people like, Right now in this season, I don't feel like higher ed is like the thing for me mm-hmm. to do because it would be a distraction, you know. And that's actually like the legacy of a lot of African Americans, you know. They feel like it's like either I can be in the trenches, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. or I can be in classrooms. Um, but the ability to do both is really hard. When you think about it, like a lot of African American pastors and preachers, they were also uh, bivocational. Mm-hmm. Right. So now I got to work full time. <laughs> I got to mm-hmm. be ready to preach on Sunday and care for the flock and also go to school. And that's just a lot to to manage. And so um, we're seeing more and more of that like sort of change. But that's just as sort of, you know, churches have been able to, you know, fund <laughs> mm-hmm. pastor salaries and things like that. And so. Um, so, yeah. So I don't know why I went on that tangent, but. There we are. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you were just showing that the black women don't often have the opportunities yeah. to do things um, that other, especially in the apologetic space. Yeah. You have to create your own lane. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to be a black woman in ministry, you have to create your own lane. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> I know you know that, <laughs> right? Because you, you, you have created your own lane. You're in the process of creating your own lane. I think about, you know, uh, the women of the truce table, they have created their own lane through that, that through the podcast. Uh, I think about women like Jackie Hill Perry creating her own, her own lane, Elizabeth Woodson creating their own lane. And I remember when one of my friends, I just was like graduating from, um, Southeastern and you know the question is always like what are you going to do and I'm like y'all I want to work at a church <laughs> you know like I want to work at a church this is the kind of job I want these are the things that I want to do and there were just there were there were just no jobs like that you know because essentially in their mind it's like no you're asking to be a pastor and it's like no I just want to like like shepherd small group leaders <laughs> you know like this I just want to train them and help them to be effective in the process of making disciples, you know, making disciples. I'm not even asking to preach on Sunday, you know, uh, I'm just asking like to use my gifts in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, no, th- those roles in the context that I was in at that time were, were reserved for men. And so it was just really, really hard. And I remember one of my friends, uh, Mo Hafiz saying to me, like, Yana, you're going to have to carve your own lane. Mm-hmm. And I literally wanted to like punch him. I just wanted to punch him, find something to throw at him because I was just like, that's not fair. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not fair. Why do I have to create my own lane? Like I want mentors. I want people to, to pave a way for me. Like I don't always want to be the, the trailblazer. Right. Mm -hmm. Like now I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool with following somebody else. You know, I'm cool with like, you know, standing on somebody else's shoulders, (laughs) you know, like that would be, that would be great. But for a lot of, uh, women and particularly black women, we've had to create our own lane mm-hmm. in, in ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's transition to the curriculum, the curriculum, courageous conversations 
uh, the tools you need for the conversations and culture. And this is really based off of our national conference. There were several uh, conversations that had some overlap um, and just some key questions that we thought we would help um, give a framework for the everyday Christian to have a really understanding of these topics. Uh, because usually if you come to Courageous as Scholars on the stage and if you're not, if you haven't been to seminary, it could be a bit intimidating to some um, because they have no framework for some of the conversations. And so some people say it's like drinking from a, a, a fire hydrant. It's like so much information. And so what we wanted to do we always want to curate resources for the local church. Mm. Um, we always want to be a partner with the local church to help people grow and mature in their faith. Because I think, you know, I always hear people like, man, they go to apologetics events. Like, this was so good. You helped me. You engaged me. And I think apologists do a disservice if they get people to engage with them and answer their questions but then they have nowhere to send them because they haven't built relationships with local churches for people to grow it's great to get your initial questions answered your big apologetics questions but you still have to grow in the faith through discipleship and the local church Mm. and so we want to curate resources to help the local church be able to be uh able to to be equipped to defend their faith and so and to know the questions that culture is asking and to be able to engage with grace and truth um, and wisdom. And so that's where Courageous Conversations came from, the idea. And I reached out to uh, Yana and was like, hey, come to Jacksonville. Uh, you and Marsha, who is our multimedia director, came and we reviewed the tapes. I don't know how many we were here for. Oh, like, my like, gosh. I remember it that was week. like it was it was like weeks of us <laughs> on a a board just going through combing through saying what we wanted to address, um, how I wanted the curriculum to look, kind of vision casting, throwing all my ideas at you, uh, <laughs> looking at that board, reviewing tapes. It was a fun time. I don't yeah, know. If it, it was, was a fun. It was a fun time. Like the energy in the room was great. But I'll tell you, when I left. I, I was tired. <laughs> I was so tired. Because like you said, like these conversations are are weighty. These conversations are complex. Uh, in a lot of a lot of ways, we're engaging with not just like our minds, but also our emotions. Mm-hmm. And because we are integrated people like that begins to affect us, you know, physically. Mm-hmm. And so I remember Marsha uh towards the end she was like yeah i feel like you started like at a at a 10 and then by the end of it you were at a two you know (laughs) and i was like yes it's like this was hard hard work and even when i left um i was feeling like overwhelmed and like lord like am i the right person to do this to to speak to these things um do i have enough experience do i have enough knowledge do I need to go back to school you know have I read enough books you know things like that but I think one of the things the Lord always has helped me with in those moments to remember like that what I don't know is a superpower Mm -hmm. because a lot of people don't know much about these topics Mm -hmm. you know uh they don't know that there are literally like five different views on like 
uh, eternal salvation, right? Like mm-hmm. in how one is saved. Uh, there's, there's, there's like five of them, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, but we all know the question, like, is Jesus the only way? We just don't know that there are like literally five different ways that, that Christians answer those, those, those questions. And, um, and so I was just like, I don't know, like, I don't know if I'm the best person to do that, mm-hmm. but because I don't know so much, I can, I usually use that as a way to think through like, okay, what's the next question? that I'm asking because whatever the next question I'm asking is probably like the next question that somebody else is, is going to be asking. And so it helps me to be a little bit more in tuned to the audience, uh, you know, versus just like writing out of my head because, you know, it's like, I I think about these things Mm -hmm. you know every day. So, um, but I admire people who think about those things every day, like Dr. Vince Pan too. Like, like we need brothers like that um, for, for sure. But I try to use my weakness as a as a superpower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the the great thing about our curriculums is they're not written for scholars on a scholarly level. They're written mm-hmm. for the everyday churchgoer. Mm-hmm. We try to keep it around that sixth or seventh grade. Yeah, you know, I'm really strict about that. Like mm-hmm. making sure it's dumped down for the everyday churchgoer because if we don't equip the church, the everyday church then they're defenseless in culture. Yeah. And so yeah. um, tell a, a little bit about, just give an overview of the chapters in the book for our yeah. audience. Yeah. So uh, the chapters in the book, I'm going to, I'm going to refer to the book because <laughs> it's been a minute and we're working on other things now. Uh, so my brain is like somewhere else completely. I always have Yana working on it. I always have a new project. After we have one, I have like five. Oh my gosh! That in my mind, yeah. So we're, we're literally finishing one and starting another yes. one. Yes, and uh, then there'll be another one after. We're gonna recruit. You know, if you're a talented, uh, if you've just graduated from seminary, you have a passion to write, uh, especially black women, black men too, because we have yeah. Brandon and George is on our writing team as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so men and women, uh, you know, shoot us an email, shoot us an email. (laughs) (laughs) I'm always looking for writers and new and up and coming apologists to to highlight. So little plug. plug. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, the chapters are, what is truth? Mm -hmm. Like is truth absolute or is it relative? Is it something that is outside of us or is it something that we get to determine for ourselves? Um, and then we, Sherelle writes a wonderful chapter on, can we trust the Bible? Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to tell you, Sherelle challenged me. Like, so we, we write in our chapters and then I see this chapter. I'm like, yo, sis got like, she got like all these citations. Like, <laughs> sis, is, sis is in these books. Like, yeah. I'll well, she the, in the PhD program. So she, she's just, listen, she, even still, she is next level. I go to the, <laughs> every time, like I don't go to Southeastern library often, but every now and again, Cause I'm not a student there anymore, but every now and again, I'll need a book. And when I'm there, I see Sherelle without <laughs> fail. Her and her husband are in there. They got their own room really like just set up. Uh, yeah. Cause studying. her husband is in the THM program and yeah. she's in the PhD program. Yeah. So they are a dynamic duo of power couple scholar. <laughs> oh yeah. Imagine having dinner with them. Um, and then, uh, then the other chapters are, is Jesus the only way? And then what is sin? Is sin 
primarily individual or is it systematic, Mm -hmm. you know, um, or is it both? Mm -hmm. Um, And then Sherelle writes a chapter, what is justice? And then we, uh, in chapter six, we talk about what does the Bible say about same-sex relationships? Um, And I'll be honest with you, I did not want to write that chapter. (laughs) I did not want to write that chapter because I was like, listen, I'm not trying to be out here in these streets having people, you know, sliding into my DMs and and all of that. I don't I don't want that kind of that kind of drama in my life. But um, that was actually a really uh, transformative chapter to write. Um, It's interesting because. I think the summer before we started this curriculum, I was invited to uh, a college uh, event. They were having a summer uh, mission and they asked me to come and talk mm-hmm. about um, sexuality mm-hmm. and same sex relationships. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, like first I was like, why me? Because they have had other people come in before who mm-hmm. have books on this topic, who, who come from this experience Mm -hmm. and for them, they were like, Hey, one, we just kind of want to have someone who can help our students think well about this. So when I was flattered that they thought that I could, I could do that and also to get beneath the surface. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I read a few books uh, who were uh, same sex, relationship affirming some that were non-affirming and uh i'll be honest with you one of the things that i learned was just there's a book called uh, us versus us and i'm blanking on the the author right now um but i i know i quoted him in in the book um but i was just really appreciative for how he had us think about same-sex relationships um, or just really like people who are part of the LGBT uh, plus community because a lot of times we think that they're our enemy, but most of them come from some sort of evangelical church background. Um, They grew up in youth group, (laughs) you know. Uh, They served and went on trips with their churches and – and when they expressed sort of what they were feeling, their their same-sex attraction, they weren't met in healthy ways. And so because of that, they left the church. Or maybe there were things that were said from the pulpit, you know, that were really derogatory towards people of that community, um, but they still took it and internalized it in a way that caused them to think sort of, hard things about themselves. And so even though we put forth a, what we believe to be a biblical position on this, uh, we also are trying to help people to just be human, you know, mm-hmm. to be better Christians, you mm-hmm. know, and to love people and to listen and to ask questions and to not operate out of so much fear, mm-hmm. you know, to the point where, they're just trying to fix people or mm-hmm. fix their theology or fix their behavior. Yeah. It's like, no, if we believe in a God who is mighty to save, mm-hmm. you know, if we believe that people are saved by the spirit and it's not our work, but that is the Lord's work, then we can, we can kind of, we can kind of 
you know, pull off the gas a little bit and and have a conversation and do life with people. Um, and so I hope that this resource, with all of the resources that that we have already done together, like we always say, like in the in the the overview document that nobody else sees, like we don't want to create monsters, right? Mm-hmm. We're not trying to create apologetic monsters. We're trying to create um, and disciple humans who can go into the world and like be Christ mm-hmm. to others. And so, um, so yeah, so that's, a, that's an overview of the book. That's kind of what our heart was behind it. And, and I can honestly say, I'm really proud of it. Yeah. Like, I feel like we did some pretty good writing. Yeah. In it. <laughs> yeah. I did excellent. It was excellent writing. Um, when I got the drafts and I was reading through it, I was like, this is excellent work. Um, and one of the reasons I think it's so excellent and, and I mentioned it in the intro I wrote is because it's apologetics from the margins. Black women are uh, the most marginalized group in this country. Hmm. And so when you're on the margins, you see things from a different vantage point. Yeah. You have to, because you're at the bottom, you had to interact with every other vantage point. Mm -hmm. That's something different than most apologetics that's written by white evangelical men. Uh, They're they're not saying that their stuff isn't good, but they're in a different Mm -hmm. space in society. So they don't have to interact with all the other aspects sometimes. And so their vantage point is limited. Mm -hmm. But when you have to, when you're at the bottom you get to see things and interact with people in ways that give more nuance to the conversation, yeah. that make the conversation more layered, mm-hmm. um, that adds a level of grace and truth to the conversation that many people miss. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the benefits of this where we're answering. I mean, there's plenty of books on what is truth, sexuality. You know, there's not a curriculum written from the perspective and it's not re- even written just from the perspective of a black woman, but a bl- being informed hmm. by the m- most marginalized group gives you a way to be able to connect to every group. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying. No, yeah. that's good. That's really, really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I had to do some some deep like soul work, mm-hmm. you know, when I was writing some of these questions and. Um, you know, the goal was to always be generous to people of different perspectives and to be able to explain why they believe what they believe. Mm -hmm. And we even have sections in there in the book where we talk about, you know, kind of, you know, what is truth? Well, well, how do we even get to this question, Mm -hmm. you know, where people are now questioning truth? You think about the enlightenment, like the enlightenment is a response to, uh, what, what I like to call Christians behaving badly, right? It's a response to sort of the, you know, the, the Reformation we celebrated a lot or, or some people celebrated a lot, but there was a lot of blood that was shed after Martin Luther, you know, nailed his theses, you know, uh, uh, to the church uh, door. Like there was a, there was a lot of bloodshed. There were, arguments over baptism and communion and who could and what these things should look like. And you have the world looking on to that and be like, this, this look, this looks, this look dumb. This Mm -hmm. don't look 
it don't look like this works, <laughs> you know? It doesn't look like it's working for y'all. And so why would it work? Why would it work for me, you know? And so because of that, they turn to rationalism, right? As a, as a faith, as a way to make sense of the world because what what Christians were doing, you know, wasn't the was was defaming the gospel and defaming God. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, and you see this continue, you know, with one generation to another, uh, where, you know, people are asking the question, like, is Christianity a white man's religion because of, you know, uh, the slave, the slaveholders, mm-hmm. you know, cr- version of, of Christianity and how that uh, played such a significant part and still does, mm-hmm. you know, in the disparities and oppression that, that black people experience today. So, so there's this these these uh, these uh, apologetic questions mm-hmm. sometimes come out of Christians behaving badly. Yeah. And it makes complete sense to me because we look, look at now I'm just you know, you look at John 17 where Jesus says like I pray that they would be one and how their oneness is is a profession, mm-hmm. is a proclamation mm-hmm. that God has sent him into the world that it in a sense is, you know, our oneness is evangelistic, mm-hmm. you know? And so when, when there's disunity, when there's disharmony, like in those kinds of things, then it does the opposite, mm-hmm. you know, instead of proclaiming the gospel, it defames it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we even talk about those things because we want people to know that people don't just get to these questions, you know, looking up at the sky. Like mm-hmm. these questions weren't created in a vacuum. They were created in a particular context. And we as Christians have the responsibility to respond to those things, mm-hmm. you know, to give an explanation to those things, to try to help people understand how like, yes, we agree with you here and we grieve with you. However, this, this is the role that we're taking in terms of how we're answering this question and we just want you to consider it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. How how do churches utilize this curriculum? Because mm-hmm. so when you see the book uh, on online, you could get it and go through it yourself, do individual study. I think that's great. But we 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 also develop this to be done in groups. Now the group doesn't have to be a small group at church. It could be you and some friends together. Because I think theology is best done in community. Yeah. Um, That's what a mentor told me years ago, that theology is best done in community. And so we want you to get this with a group and we have a leader's guide. Mm -hmm. So if you go on Amazon, you can see there's two versions. There's a leader's guide for those who are going to lead a small group in this. And then there's the the book. Um, So we have those resources for you. Uh, We also have a video series that I filmed um, that goes along with the book. So if you want to... It's an online course video series. Um, so basically, you could go on our website um, and hit the uh, the online re- online course resource link. And it's Courageous Conversations as well. Um, you'll see the same logo on there. And you uh, can watch the video um, in your small group and then go through the chapter. Um, we filmed the video, I think, in December. Uh, in a really cool venue here in Jacksonville. So the video looks really cool, if I say so myself. Uh, but it goes in chapter one. You can watch the video. 
uh, me kind of giving an overview, then go through the book mm-hmm. with the with your small group and there's reflection questions and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, being as you work with small groups, um, you've done that um, throughout. That's been a part of your ministry. If you were to get this in your hand as a small group leader, how would you how would you want churches to go through that? Yeah. Well, first I would say, you know, when you go to Amazon to to buy the book, don't just buy one. Like, mm-hmm. don't just buy one book. Uh, buy four or five, you know, mm-hmm. so that you already know, like, hey, I'm going to do this in a group with other people. So you get one leader's guide, you get three to four, you know, uh, uh, just, you know, reader's books, and you go through it together and... Even though we provide you with a leader's guide, we provide you with everything from an icebreaker to questions to ask to how to close out, you know, Mm -hmm. the time we give you everything you need. You still need to be prepared. You Mm know, Um, you need to lead the group by being prepared. So the idea is that everybody would walk through like lesson one or chapter one by themselves Mm -hmm. individually and then they would come together to discuss it. Mm-hmm. And so you have homework, you mm-hmm. know, and then you show up and then you walk through the leader's guide. And even in the leader's guide, it'll have you sort of go back to some of the reflection questions that a, that you would have worked through in your individual reading. So, yes, there are reflection questions in, in the book as well, so that as you're reading and you're comprehending and you're even thinking about your own personal experience and how God may be calling you to respond to what you have read. Um, We also have questions in there where you're interacting with, you know, some of the cultural issues that we feel like are important. Sometimes we identify those things for you. Sometimes we let you identify those things for yourselves because we know that, that you, you have a brain, you know, you Mm -hmm. live in the world. So we don't try to answer all the questions for you, but we try to get you thinking. Uh, about it and then you just bring all of that to your small group time and as a as a small group leader as a facilitator you you know well as a small group leader I will say your job is to facilitate the conversation it's not necessarily to reteach the lesson (laughs) it's to uh facilitate the lesson I feel most gratified as a small group leader when I do the least amount of talking when I do the least amount of talking and I'm able to hear how other people are thinking, how other people are taking in the information, uh, I always say you don't want to uh, uh, rob somebody of their own epiphany, mm-hmm. right? And so because if they have the epiphany on their own, it's going to stay with them longer. But if I just give it to them, it's not going to stay with them as long. Mm-hmm. But they're going to have an experience where they're like, hey, like, I, I I was able to think of this, you know, the spirit led me to this conclusion. Um, I was able to integrate these things and that's going to stay with them a little bit longer than you telling them. And so our goal as small group leaders are to facilitate, uh, to not rob, you know, others of their epiphany, but to try to lead them there mm-hmm. with asking questions. And so, you know, it's like somebody says, uh, well, you know, I grew up in a home where uh, that was really strict. Well, well, how did that affect your view of God? Mm-hmm. You know, how um, 
how has that caused you to, you know, in light of that, do you see, do you see yourself more as, you know, uh, a person who, who strives for freedom? You know, you're always trying to like, uh, uh, go up against the, the, the bounds of life or do you find yourself more cautious, you know, like how have those things affected you? Um, and so we, we try to, that's, those are the kind of questions that you want to ask. You want to help get them to get deeper into those things. And so even like with this, it's like, if somebody says something sort of outlandish in group, um, well, they say, I don't believe that, you know, I believe this. And you ask them why, you know, you don't get all like, you don't have to puff your chest <laughs> up or nothing. It's just like, Hey, okay. Well, can you explain to me why you believe that? You know, so even in this group, these groups that you might have, you might find out that there's some people that you thought believe the same things that you believed. And then it's like, oh, you don't, you know. And in those moments, we need to play the slow game, which is asking more questions, mm -hmm. getting time with them, not embarrassing them in group. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, oh. Man, I'd love to talk to you about that later, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and maybe getting coffee to pull out their world view um, so that you can get a better understanding of what they believe in and why they believe it. Yeah. And the goal is to equip everyday churchgoers to be able to have uh, understanding, you know, not a seminary level understanding, but a basic understanding. So when they have these conversations in the world with unbelievers, with skeptics, they'll be able to have their own courageous conversations. Yeah. So what they see on the stage at the national conference, which is September 2nd and 3rd, hey. by the way, in Washington, D.C. at <laughs> National Community Church. Register now. Uh, early bird registration is almost up. So you better get those tickets now if you want to get early bird. Last year, we sold out of in-person tickets. So you definitely want to get those early. It will be in-person and online this year. Um, so if you can't join us in D.C., you can stream it online um, and uh, but definitely come. It's going to be an amazing time. This year's theme is the scholar and the skeptic. And the whole thing about scholar and skeptic is basically what are questions that skeptics are asking in the culture? So we're talking about uh, is Christianity a white man's religion? Is Christianity is is Christianity bad for women? Christianity bad for the LGBTQ community. Um, just a whole gamut of questions. You could get your tickets at courageousconvos.org. Shameless. I wanted to put that plug in uh, because sometimes if we put the commercial at the end, y'all skip it. So I wanted to plug it in the middle of the episode. Um, but we want you not just to come to the conference. Come Definitely come to the conference. But also... Get the curriculum so you won't just be watching the conversations, but you'll be having the conversations. Hmm. And that's what we want. We want Christians to be equipped to engage culture with grace and truth um, and to be good listeners. We we already try to demonstrate listening through why I don't go and um, from people to person. But we also want to give you the, you the tools to not only listen, but when it's time for you to speak be able to have something to say um, that reflects um, the truth of the gospel message. And so, mm -hmm. um, Yana, what else that we haven't discussed about the curriculum that you think our audience should know before we close out? I, I mean, I think it's good. <laughs> you know, I think it's good. I think um, 
me and Sherelle, we write, we write from a personal place. So we share some of our own stories. Um, we share some of our own experience, some conversations that we've had with people. Um, I share a story about a, a, a conversation I had in a coffee shop um, where it just kind of ended with, with, with both of us kind of laughing, but me still being sad at the end of it. Um, and so I think we, we do the best that we can to get beneath the surface of some of these questions and even to help other people to learn how to get beneath the, the surface of these questions. Um, but yeah, it's a resource that I'm proud of. Um, and I, and I, I want people to read it, you know, and to be blessed by it. Um, yeah. And I'm just, I'm just thankful to be here. You know, like I'm just thankful to be here, uh, part of the, the Jew three family and, uh, continuing to create resources that, that serve the church, um, that encourage the believer that, gives them confidence in their faith and that also helps other people who, who maybe been struggling with Christianity and uh, the church, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to reconnect in a way that, that is real and helpful um, Mm -hmm. for them. So yeah, I think it's a really good resource. Well, thank you, Yana, for joining us. How can people get in contact with you on social? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Yana Janae. Um, you'll get, you know, all things Yana Janae. Um, and then you have a podcast. I have a podcast. I do have a podcast. Uh, it's called Living Single with Yana Janae. So you can find that on uh, Apple, Spotify, and Google. And there I'm having a very different conversation, <laughs> you know, having a conversation about uh, singleness. Um, and really wanted to move that conversation beyond contentment to celebration because the Bible says it is a gift, you know? And so through the podcast, the goal is to help people to unwrap that gift and enjoy it for all that, that it is. But what's funny is that we're using all the same tools. You know, I'm just giving an apologetic for, you know, living your best life while you're single, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like, um, and helping people to think well about singleness, because I feel like a lot of our uh, perceptions about singleness, our worldview mm-hmm. is more so shaped by the culture than it is um, by by the word of God. And so, so yeah, I do that. And um, I got a website, yanajanae.com. Um, so yeah, you can find me there um, working on, you know, trying to, I'm not really on Twitter, y'all, because Twitter is just, it's, it's just, it's too heartbreaking for me. <laughs> it's too stressful. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, got a Facebook page as well, but Instagram, that's where I'm really at. Well, thank you for joining us, Yana. Uh, we, we appreciate you being here. Y'all get this curriculum, Courageous Conversations, now on Amazon or, or it's on Barnes and Noble as well. Um, um, and also, um, yeah, go through it in your church, get your whole church to go through it. Um, go through it, uh, in if you have just a friend group, um, I think this is a good resource for y'all to, to go through, um, get it today. So, uh, you could also, like I said, the video series online course, that online course is not the only online course. We have tons of other online courses at learn.ju3project.org. 
Um, we also have another curriculum through Eyes of Color um, that we mentioned earlier. And with the Through Eyes of Color, we also have a video series now with Right Now Media. So oh, I did wow. a video series for Through Eyes of Color with Right Now Media. So if you have Right Now Media, you could go watch the Through Eyes of Color video series, get uh, the guideline. They have they have like a, a, a guide that goes along with it on Right Now Media, but also you could get the curriculum to go along with it. Uh, it'll bless you. So you could do that in your church. So make sure your church is plugged into Jude 3 and doing the Right Now Media series. Get the Through Eyes of Color. Then get Courageous Conversations and do the video series on our website as well. Remember, if you want to support the ministry, Every Gift Helps Equip, you could give at Jude3Project.org. Hit that Donate tab. There's a tab. There's an option to give online or a uh, option to give by mail and there's the address there where you can mail your gift in no gift is too small or too large uh we need your support to continue to do what we do and to produce more resources like these remember here at the jude 3 project we're helping you to know what you believe and why you believe it until next time grace and peace and god bless Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Jew 3 Project podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can tune into all our past episodes at www.jew3project.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Remember not only to subscribe, but also rate us. That helps us to gauge how we're doing and how you're enjoying the show. And it gives other listeners some ideas about the show as well so thank you so much for tuning in also remember we have our bible engagement app in partnership with back to the bible to help you get better engaged in the bible every single day you take a survey it assesses your strengths and weaknesses and sends you bible verses based on those so it's a great app you can download the app by searching in your app store or google play searching jute 3 project and it'll be right there for you so thank you again. Remember, if you would like to become a monthly partner or a one-time giver, you can do so on our website or by mail. Just go to Jew3Project.com, hit that donate tab, and you'll see the option to mail in a gift or give online. We appreciate you, and I'm so, so thankful for you. God bless, and remember, here at the Jew3 Project, we're helping you to know what you believe and why you believe it.